And uh-huh. this is your first interview? You've never <laughs> been interviewed before. This is interesting. All right. Three, two, one. Hi, this is Marianne Hogan, and re- welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? I decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. I am into it. Okay. I really want to to feel the pain of running for a long time. Welcome to episode 216 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. We have a great episode. We're catching up with Marianne Hogan after she just completed the Western States UTMB double in a podium elite level, which is just hard to comprehend. So it's an honor to have her on each and every time. I think it's awesome the the amount of traction she's gaining after this big UTMB race. And I'm thankful the the doc films helped me uh, be able to ask some questions that maybe some other uh, interviewers aren't able to ask. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. Hopefully there's some unique questions and you learn something new about Marianne and what she just accomplished. Big shout out to you, Patreon supporters. You've heard this episode. You get a sneak peek at most of my episodes. Couldn't do this without you guys. Really appreciate your support. Big shout out to Exoskin. If you haven't already, check out their toe socks, regular socks, compression gear. It's all super high quality. Check out the show notes for the best coupon available for Exoskin. They've been a huge supporter of everything I do. Big shout out to Tannery Outdoors. As runners, we spend a lot of time outdoors in the sun. It's important that we're protecting our skin. Tannery offers clean sun care products like SPF lip balms, mineral sunscreen, and thereafter sun restorative moisturizer. Tannery just launched a new product, which is their traditional sunscreen. This leaves zero white cast and similar to the mineral sunscreen in that it is sweat resistant and packaged from recycled materials. This is a great company, high quality products. Definitely check them out. Check out the show notes for a coupon code for Tannery Outdoors. How's the recovery going? You just had an unbelievable UTMB. Yeah, recovery is going really well. Um... So uh, other than my than my injury, I think I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Yeah, I was able to get some good night's sleep. Um, I've been eating a lot, sleeping a lot, and I think that does the trick for recovering for an ult- from an ultra. <laughs> I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about your injury. I mean, let's, let's hear that first and foremost. I mean, part of your story is coming back from injury and learning to run again, and... I, I mean, I've just never seen someone in that much pain during a race and just 
being able to get through it. We'll, we'll save that for later, but tell us more about your injury that you sustained during the race. Yeah, so um, somewhere going up Champelac, I started um, feeling a sharp pain in my left hip. Um, and at that point, we are at about uh, 125 kilometers um, into the race. Um, so there's quite a bit of it left um, and things were going well. But I started feeling this very sharp pain um, and I knew that something mechanically was off uh, because it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a, like, oh, I've been running for a little while and my legs are tired kind of pain. It was really something was wrong. Um, so uh, I started uh, asking for, for 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 the Solomon physio just so I can talk to him and maybe try to assess what was going on. Um, and we had identified that something was going on with my psoas which is like the muscle that kind of links the leg and the back. Um, and so, uh, so anyways, I was able to finish the race, but what, what, uh, two days later I went and got, um, an ultrasound done and it turns out that I, I tore that muscle. Um, I did a three centimeters tear, um, in the, in the, in the the psoas muscle, which, uh, which made it, uh, which I guess explains why I was in so much pain for that last section of the race. I, I, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I swear at some point during the race, you had said, or maybe it's post-race that it felt like a knife was being like jabbed into your hip. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. That... That's <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And I said it during and I said it after because it was still feeling that, that way. Um, but it was hurting me a lot. Um, it's really interesting because it, it started hurting on the way up and then it's on the way down from Champelac, like the next hill over that it started hurting. Um, but the worst was really going into Trian. Um, and then every part after that was just like, it was just completely over. And every time that I was going downhill, like with every step, it was as if like every time I had to lift my leg, like it was at the same time, there was a knife going into it. Um, and there was, there was a lot of steps left to do, uh, all the way to the finish. So it was, it was, it was quite the painful experience. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think most people watching you on like live stream or whatever new, uh, even watching in person knew like the extent of the pain you're going through. I, I was getting, I was tearing up, uh, at Triant. Like I, yeah. Seeing your face, like I almost had to look away, which is not ideal for, uh, shooting a doc film, but, <laughs> um, I, I yeah. just hadn't seen you ever go through that much pain. And I, I honestly haven't seen many runners go through that much pain. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting because my face went from like being the happiest face alive to like the <laughs> the most miserable face alive within the span of like a 10K, um, 10K part on the course. So um, it, yeah, it was very disappointing. And to be honest, like for, for a few minutes there, I, I was very disappointed that that happened. But in retrospect, I'm... I'm uh I'm feeling you know I'm I'm feeling just fine about it and and I still I still managed to to get a, a good a good finish and and I'm glad that I did and and that's what matters you know it's you can't really control those those types of things and um I'm I, I'm just thankful that I made it to the finish line. So are you ever going to be able to run again? <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope so. Um, cause I'm already excited for it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the doctor said that I should take six weeks completely off. Um, and I'll have to get another ultrasound to make sure that the, that the hole has been, um, has been uh, closed back down. Yeah. 
I, and I'm totally kidding. Uh, she'll, she'll be back at it. I knew the answer already. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, so your experience level, you immediately knew acute pain. It was like a, a serious injury. Yeah. Had you not been leading the female race at UTMB, would if this was just a different race, would you have stopped? Or, or tell me more about what's going through your mind there. I mean, were you contemplating stopping? Um, that's what's funny, actually. After the race, I, I thought about it for a second. And um, I, I realized that, like, I never even considered stopping. Um, and, and I don't know if you were able to tell by the interactions I was having with my brother. But the only thing I was worried about was if number third girl was going to catch up to me. Um, which is kind of funny when I think about it now, because I never even considered not making it to the finish line. I just was just like, how far is she and how much time do I have? And yeah. <laughs> how how can I make sure that I hold on to seconds? So uh, it's really funny because people ask me like what, how, like I've been asked that question ever since I crossed the finish line is like what kept you going or what prevented you from stopping? And I'm like, I don't even know because I, I didn't even consider stopping being an option. Um, and, and I do want to say that, that the, that's more of a personal decision. Uh, like I know that I, I, I agree I agree with the fact that there's, I don't necessarily believe that um, you have to finish at all costs. But for me, um, it was just so important in my head and in my heart that uh, I wanted to make it to the finish line. And I just made sure that I did. Um, and I, I, it turns, I'm happy because it wasn't that bad in the end. It's like I have a tear, but it, it'll heal up and I'm okay with that. I mean, you probably not feel comfortable if you weren't injured, right? You, like, you're always injured with something. I know. It's really funny, too, because when I went to see the doctor, he goes like, yeah, I've never seen a hole this big. And um, and apparently the psoas is a really hard muscle to, 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 to tear. So I don't know. I, I really don't know how I seem to be finding myself in these situations. But uh, I think I think I want to spend this next year trying to figure that out and try to make sure that I don't get these weird injuries anymore. I mean... Thanks for adding so much stress to like trying to fit like before each race, you had something that was like potentially <laughs> yeah. a huge injury. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I I'm amazed at, at how you and, and I had a camera in your face and there was never a second where I thought you would drop. Yeah. I just was like the amount of pain you're going through in my head. It logically like went that direction, but. You were quick in the aid stations, relatively speaking. Um, yeah. So, do you, I mean, before UTMB, I don't know if you shared this um, that widely. I mean, you had taken a fall. Who were you out running with? Didn't you do, like, the UTMB, tr like, trail in four days uh, the week before UTMB? Uh, no, I did the trail in four days at, at the beginning of August. Um, okay. so the first week of August, I did that. Um, but I think it was two weeks before UTMB. It was on the Tuesday. So, um, I went running with Mathieu and Jared Hazen and, um, we're doing this last big loop before UTMB. It was kind of like we had decided that that was going to be our last big loop. And, um, and in in the span of like 10 to 15 minutes, both Mathieu and I uh, kind of injured ourselves. He twisted his ankle and I fell. <laughs> and he twists his ankle. And then 10 or 15 minutes later, I fall. Um, 
and I hadn't fallen all of the all of the month of August, but I fall and I I land on my kneecap, um, and my kneecap immediately starts swelling like crazy. Like I've never seen that before. It was as if, like it's as if an, a free apple had showed up at the at the. Oh my gosh! <laughs> at, the, at the top of my knee, um, I was completely unable to run out of the trail. I had to take a train back, um, and I had to go get treatment fairly quickly, uh, because my my leg had swollen so much it was insane. Um, so it, it was kind of interesting because when that happened, I, I, I was wondering if uh, I had broken my kneecap or something. I don't know what was going on, um, but I was able to walk out of the trail. So I was kind of like, oh, it, it, it's probably not that bad. Um, but it definitely added a little bit of stress or a little bit of spice in the in the few weeks leading up to UTMB. Jer- Jared Hazen's probably like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> he's like, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't have time for this, guys. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Uh, it was all fine. And I, like I just told him, you guys can go. I, I'm just going to walk it out and see what happens. And that's what I did. So, but yeah, it was weird. Um, was that kneecap on your left side? No, my right side. Your right side? Do you think you might have had like the most minor tear um, that then really got torn during the race during that fall? Because that sounds like a like a big trip and smashing your knee. Like that sounds no. pretty. No, 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 no. Because no. it was on my right side. I really don't think that. Uh, hmm. I really don't think that 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 was connected at all. Okay, and. I was pretty nervous um, with your knee injury. I mean, uh, how did – and the same exact thing played out at Western States where I think it was your – I think it was your glutes or something had gotten pretty injured as well. And so you were forced to basically rest for one week straight, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I actually, that's interesting. So that's my left side. um, And I do think that my injury at Western States um, is connected to my, the fact that I, I, or my psoas like I do think that that was the same injury um but it didn't bother me that much and and you know I was talking to my physio and the doctor and and we think that maybe it's because um there wasn't as much uphill in the western states or as much elevation gain like I think UTMB there's you know there's 10,000 meters of elevation gain and and if there's something wrong like because remember like it was hurting me when I was lifting my leg so obviously going uphill is just probably what and that's when it caused it so I think there's a connection there, but I do I do think that it's interesting with me how um, there's always there's always something that's going on and and I always have to manage it and 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 I don't know like I'm I'm always trying to f- figure out what's the cause and effect and you know I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely I'm definitely the number one cause for my injuries but I but that's something that I really want to focus on um, this upcoming year is is trying to get a better hold on all of that because. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's just for the long run. It's, it doesn't work, you know? I mean, is this, is it just the balancing act of being an elite runner? Like always riding that fine line of too many miles, injuries, that, that sort of thing versus performance? Um, 
to me, it's a fine line between uh, pushing my body to its limits because um, so when I broke my leg a couple of years ago, I got two surgeries and my right side is still very, very uh, weak in comparison to my left. And so um, it's harder for me to, I think, um, do all the mileage that I do and, and, and kind of respect my weaknesses or my body's weaknesses. So that's what I really want to work on. It's just I think that that's where the connection is. I mean... I'm just blown away, honestly. Uh, the fact that you could barely, you, know, you had to like basically reteach yourself how to walk and then run. And now you've hit this level. I mean, before we get into your UTMB, I got to ask, like, has your life changed? I mean, think about, I was looking at pictures that we took before Western States started. Yeah. And um, when I was flying drones into you, um, <laughs> yeah, has your life changed since that start line at Western States to now today? Um, I can't say that my life has changed per se, but uh, I do. I, I mean, I'm glad that uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just a very happy person, and I continue to be happy, and this brings me a lot of happiness. But. Um, I, I, I want to keep working towards it and I, I don't want it to, like, I never want it to, to become something where, where, where it's something I take for granted or I expect good performances or, or anything like that. Like, I just want to keep riding this wave and, and see where it brings me. But, um, I really don't want it to be like life changing in a certain way. I, I liked my life the way it was and I, and I like my life the way it is today. And I want to, I want it to keep going in that direction. But, uh, but I am grateful and and very happy with the, with the opportunities that I've had in this last year because, of course, I it, it brings me a whole lot of joy. I mean, I couldn't be happier. You're you're the nicest person. You deserve all of it, and um, that's just a refreshing perspective as well. I mean, yeah, just keep Thanks. things yeah going as normal. So, tell me about kind of race morning, night before the race, that sort of thing before UTMB. Um, you were doing an unbelievable amount of interviews. Just, it seemed like I was stressed for you, the amount of stuff you were doing before the race. I mean, <laughs> can you share with the listener what the media frenzy is like and, and walk them through like what the day or two days before the race was like for you and then get us to the start line? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was that bad. I think the the I, I just am someone who likes to be on time, and and that was something that I like. I'm I'm really not stressful, and I'm really not, like the interviews and things like that. They don't stress me out, but I was always worried that like one thing would take longer, and then I'd be late for something else. And so that's kind of the thing that was that was maybe the most stressful. Um, but it wasn't that bad. It's just that you know it, and it's it's nice to be it's nice to be recognized, and and in a certain way, um, I do think that uh, it's it's the media that that allows the sport to grow in a certain way you know the more that there's publicity around it the more that people are interested the more that people will start doing it and you know in the in an ideal world everybody would be trail running so I really want to encourage that so I I definitely made sure to to to, um, to say yes whenever I was requested for for an interview or, or a media uh, meeting or something like that that's, um, exa but that's exactly right though we can't have professional runners like you can't generate enough money to have a living like as a professional without the media yeah, and selling ad spots or whatever it might be. Like it's a, it's maybe not the most ideal, but it's necessary. 
Yeah, and, and I'm okay with it. Like, I, I enjoy it, and that's not a problem. Um, it's Like I said, it's more about the scheduling because, like, on top of that, like, I also have to arrange stuff with my crew. I have to make sure that, you know, my race my race plan is all in order and that's also not something that is my specialty <laughs> i um i much prefer the kind of run by feeling but it's really difficult to run by feeling when you have a whole crew trying to figure out like when you when will you be somewhere um so th those are all details that i think kind of added a lot of uh, uh, intensity to the week leading up to to UTMB, um, but it was very enjoyable. I mean, I had the opportunity to stay in in, in the chalet with all of my uh, Solomon teammates and the Solomon staff. Um, so th I think that that made made things really uh, enjoyable. Um, you know, we what whatever happened at the end of the day, we could all have dinner together and, and kind of just relax. And that's that's what that's what I wanted to do the week before UTMB is kind of just enjoy the little moments and and make sure that I go to bed early and and I'm relaxing regardless of how crazy the day was. I mean, I those darn uh, doc filmmakers with the camera in, in your face the entire time. I sense just the added burden of things and was trying to balance like telling the story versus like maybe even like adding stress and affecting your race. So I, I intentionally took a little bit of a step back so that, I mean, I, I just knew the amount of media you were doing. Um, did you have a good night's sleep before the race? I did. It was really funny because, um, the, the days leading up to the race, I wasn't sleeping well. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that, um, there, you know, I'm not running and I'm not doing much, so my body's not really tired and I can't go the bed. I can't. I just can't fall asleep. Um, it's not that I'm stressed or anything. It's just I'm not tired enough. Um, but then I think the day, the day prior to the race, like like you said, I was so busy running around left and right that I finally slept so good on that Thursday night. Like I fell asleep, really like the earliest I had ever fallen asleep and 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 had a full night's sleep. So I was very happy about that. And did you? rest during the daytime because utmb starts at 6 p.m kind yeah. of a weird start it makes it actually really difficult yeah um it was actually probably my less productive day in my entire life um <laughs> <laughs> which was actually kind of enjoyable i just kind of woke up i got i walked downstairs for breakfast and walked back up and then walked back down for lunch and then, <laughs> and then walked back up and that was it i spent all day in my bed and i was just relaxing listening to music i watched a few shows like i don't know i i just relax and try to keep my keep my feet up um, as much as possible. I tried taking in, try taking a nap, but I wasn't very successful in that. But just the fact that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shutting kind of my brain off and, and relaxing in, in the bedroom. I think it, it allowed me to show up on, on the start line, refreshed and ready to go. I mean, did you fall asleep with any food in your bed? You can be honest. <laughs> no, I definitely. I've heard not. rumors of runners that fall asleep with like burritos, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, yeah, okay. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you seem to have done everything right, low stress going in for the most part, or at least, at least day of. Uh, tell me about, I mean, the excitement building in there, like the, I guess, what was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday where they had the um, the announcement of like the top 10 kind of seated runners. Was that exciting for you? Was that nerve-wracking when they seated you as sixth? Uh, 
it wasn't nerve wracking. And, and I mean, that's just based on the UTMB index. So, um, like, I think it's very interesting because some of some top runners were not in that top 10 and, and that just, you know, uh, so it is. It was an honor, and I was really, really happy to be up there. But I was ner- I was nervous to 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 to. I was nervous to be up there. It's just uh, kind of like, oh, that's really nice that I'm now in the top ten according to the UTMB index. Um, but uh, I was nervous to be. It, it, it was fun. What was it like walking, start of the race to the start line, down the street, with like thousands of people on each side of you? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, um, like, I don't know. I, I hadn't really raced in Europe before. I had a few races, but, like, way back when, and I hadn't really had a big result. So it's kind of interesting that I was uh, I was up in that in that first sass and, and it, it, like, walking up that line, and I was thinking, like, oh, like, these, these guys probably have no idea who I am, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and this is going to be interesting to see how I do. Um, but it's just a weird feeling, you know, and, and, and uh, and I think that that's what that's what happens is the more you race, the more you're like confident to to to, to do those things and and walk that line and 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 kind of earn your spot and and take your spot. But um, it was just it was just a very interesting process for sure. I mean, we talked after the race. I was surprised to hear this. I don't know if you shared this publicly, but tell me more about being the only female at the very front of the line, like at the start line of UTMB, you were the only female. I was just yeah. like blown away and actually very thankful. Cause I could actually get some shots of you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. tell me what, what happened there? How did you find yourself at the front? Yeah. So Matthew, who, who, um, is, was also, who's one of my good friends who's in the race and got second. Um, so he was standing at the very front and he said, Hey, Marianne, come next to me. And I said, okay. And then I go next to him and we're like chit chatting. We're, we're, we're shooting the shit as we say, uh, we're having a great time. And he's like, start next to me on the start line. And I was like, no, like, the, you, know, you know, like there's only so many spots on the start line and, and I wasn't going to be one of the like 10 fastest people out. Um, and he's like, no, seriously, stay up here. Um, and he insisted a few times. And uh, what convinced me to stay is he said, uh, we really have to make the, the start line of ultra, of ultras less macho-like. Um, he says, there's not enough girls on the, on the front line. He says, stay it. up here. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, I really, really, really appreciated that. Um, I think it, it, there's a lot to say uh, about that that gesture, and um, and I think he's right. You know, I, I think that there that he, you know, that women do have a right to be to stand on the on the front line, and and um, I I thank him to to have encouraged me to do that, and I was happy. And to be honest, like regardless of, of standing uh, at the at the start line in in front um i think what, what was the nicest is that we spend the next 10 minutes like joking around and and um and just enjoying the start line together you know so that that was precious yeah i mean that's an experience you'll remember forever and uh yeah, for sure. yeah it was it was very cool and so they they do the you know the the music you're all amped up. I mean, what's going through your head? Are are you, is the chit chat just almost like nervousness for both of you? Because I'm guessing you guys were both pretty nervous, but I mean, what's going through your head? Is there anything helpful that, that you're thinking about or are you trying not to think? I mean, you're looking out and there's thousands and thousands of people, you know, there's almost a million people watching the live stream. 
Yeah. No, we're we're really in the moment. Like we're two people who very much enjoy those little moments, and and so we were just there, uh, kind of saying nonsense, and we were commenting on things that were going on around us, and then the the, the live feed was taking our 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 image, and so we were thinking like. Oh, our friends back home are gonna love to see us like at the front, like on the front line, standing next to one another because we're like two good friends in a group of friends. Um, so those are th that's just kind of the conversations we were having. Like it's as if we were commenting, we were live commenting on what was going on, but we were also part of the race. Um, but we're not, you know. And I think that that I think that that helped both of us in a certain way because we started the line so relaxed and just ready to go. Like it, it's as if it was like a a Sunday long one with your with your close friend, you know. So, how were you feeling when they played the, you know, the traditional, uh, almost hero type music um, at the yeah. start? Was that like causing you anxiety, or like what's what's going through your head there? Or how are you feeling? No, definitely not anxiety. Like I think I immediately started smiling, and it's crazy how much of a show it is, you know, and and how much of a big deal it is. And and I think that that's the beauty of UTMB is that they make it a huge deal, and and you want to be part of it, and you want to complete it, and you want to do it. So, um, no, I I was just soaking it all in, and 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 it was amazing. Like I felt like I was in a movie when when the race went off, and like the music keeps playing. And I always wonder, like, do you do you notice the music when you're running and and the race is going on or do you, does it fade away? And what was nice is that I, I enjoyed the music and I enjoyed it all, like all throughout that, those few kilometers running through the city, um, where there's so many people encouraging you, like it's a huge, it's a huge deal. And, and it was very enjoyable. I mean, tell me about the first, you know, first 25 K or, or whatever it might be, 50 K even tell me how you're feeling. You go out too hard. Um, did you have kind of a, a game plan for the race? And then what's going through your head with Katie? I mean, Katie went out pretty aggressively as well. I mean, both of you ended up really separating yourselves from the group. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was more about running on how I was feeling and not, not necessarily how um, other people were feeling. Um, and in a certain way, it was reassuring that Katie went out so fast and, and that she went off quickly because it was reassuring that I wasn't going off too fast. Because um, I feel like in the 100 mile distance, that's really what I'm most worried about is that I start off too fast. Um, and <laughs> I, I probably yeah. did start off fast and that's okay. Um, but you've but, said, well, you've told me before, you don't want too much separation from you and the leaders. So she uh, was in some regards kind of like impacting your pace, right? No, I mean, it depends on the race. Uh, when I've said that before, it, it was definitely not in relation to UTMB. Um, okay, that was Western yeah. States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely not for UTMB. Um, I think UTMB is, is a completely different race, and the strategy for one is definitely not the same strategy for the other. Um, and so, no, I, it was impacting me in the way... Like at the beginning, it was like, well, I'm running at this pace, like it seems to be a good pace for me. And then obviously I started being t uh, given splits about where Katie was. Um, and in relation to like the planning that I had, I had done for myself, like I was pretty, I was doing pretty good. Um, so I didn't really worry about what Katie was doing. And I just ran my own race um, for, for a good little while, actually. It's only when I got to that I started thinking about Katie and, and, and where, where she was. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, was there any 
major events taking place or was it just business as usual? I mean, you were, you were smiling for vast majority of the race. Yeah, I was, uh, no, it was, it was a plan was going as usual. I had some stomach issues actually in between uh, Saint-Gervais and Contamine. Um, and I didn't feel so good going up Le Col du Bonhomme. Um, and I actually strolled down quite a bit. And, and I think that that's when a lot of the like third, fourth and fifth girl, I think they, they kind of caught up to me. Um, but I, I was just patient and, and I waited for that feeling to kind of go, go away. And, and I started picking up the pace again. Um, when I when I made my way out of Le Chapure, uh, that's really when I started feeling good, and and, and then I, I started moving um, at a good pace again. I, so what what mile is that or kilometer? When I was still when I was when feeling, you're feeling better. sick, yeah, sick uh, and better. Uh, sick. It was between kilometer like thirty and and fifty. Um, and then better was like fifty to eighty. Like when I got to Comayar, I was feeling so good. Um, and then, uh, and then when I left Gomayar, I was feeling good. And then when I get to, I got to Arnouva, uh, which is, uh, at the bottom of Grand Col Ferret. And that's kind of where I caught up to Katie. Um, I was still feeling so good. Like that whole section there, I, I, that was more like, uh, things were flying and I was feeling great and, and I was having the time of my life. So, yeah. So how's that compared to Western States when you had stomach issues I think you had them right around the same like mile mark. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't really know why I was having stomach issues, but it's like it's like I was. It wasn't as bad this time around, though. I did not throw up. Um, I just uh, I just had to go to the bathroom quite a bit, um, and so I had to stop like three times to go to the bathroom between Saint Gervais and Les Contamines, unfortunately. Um, and then my stomach was still messed up. And then when I left Les Contamines, I tried eating something, but then immediately felt the urge to throw up, but didn't throw up. Um, and but but I really had to slow down to kind of keep it, keep it together. And I was having cramps in my stomach. So I don't really know, but I am, I am seeing a pattern that I, I want to make sure that I, I try to get away from. Is it um, hydration related? Cause in my head, my middle of the pack, slow guy just running for a long time mind, like that typically if, if you're eating food and immediately feeling like throwing it up, it means blood flow, I mean, you're either running way too hard or your hydration's off and blood flows being redirected to like vital organs. Yeah, but I don't, I think it's too early in the race to be having like serious dehydration issues or anything like that. Um, okay. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep digging to, to try to figure it out. I'm going to try to try some tests during training to make sure that it doesn't happen again. But um, I'm happy that, you know, I was able to get, regain control of, of my, of my stomach, and um, I was able to continue with with the with basically no problems at the end. So you were pretty patient, and then it seemed like when you passed Katie, you were not flooring it, but you were picking up the pace or at least holding pace when most people weren't able to. I mean, tell me yeah. about when you when you're passing her and, and that sort of um, you know how that played out. Yeah, so I get to Arnouva, um, which, is like, which is like at the bottom of Grand Col Ferret, which is a huge climb. Um, and I get there and, the, and the, um, I was t immediate, immediately told by the aid station staff that um, Katie had just left. She was two minutes ahead of me um, and she had just thrown up. Um, so I was like, oh, interesting. 
Um, and I was feeling great at that point. So I just eat a few things. Um, I go to the bathroom and then I take off. And then uh, I, I start going up and I see her. She's really not that far away. And I was thinking like, oh, I'll use this climb to kind of catch up to her. But no, no big pressure. You know, it's not like it's a race to the top of the hill. Um, so I do my thing. I catch up to her kind of like at the near the top. I kind of stay behind her for a while. Um, and and I, 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 I get up. To, I get all the way up to her right at the top. Um, but I, instead of like starting to go down immediately, like she did, I kind of like slow down. I put my poles away and I kind of got my brain into like, uh, descent mode. And then, uh, and then I, and then I decided to go for it. I just, uh, I started going downhill and I, that, that's a huge downhill. Like there's 20 kilometers of descent going it's down. Perfect grade. Um, perfect. Yeah. Crushable perfect, perfect grade, grade, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, this this will be fun. I'm just going to go ahead and see what happens. And so I decided to go and, and I passed Katie. We exchanged a few words, but like nothing big. Um, but uh, we're like, but very encouraging, you know, and um, I go and 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 she doesn't she doesn't follow me. And, and there's two guys ahead of me as well. And I passed them as well. And I, I just keep crushing um, the downhill and and. When I get to the bottom, I'm still feeling great and, and, and everything's good. Like we get into La Folie and everyone's like, then I started, I started being told that I took five minutes on her in that downhill. Um, so I leave La Folie feeling amazing. Like I'm like, oh, this is great. Like this is, I only have, um, I, it, it's interesting because, you know, when you said that I, I went ahead and did the stage, the stage camp in preparation for UTMB. So I was counting, like I was counting the race in, in terms of days. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I was like, oh, I'm now at my last day. Like if I make it to Champelac, I only have one day left in terms of like training preparation. Interesting. Um, that, that's kind of how I was visualizing it in my head. So you broke it um, up into four, into quarters in your head. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, I was like, oh, this is, I'm on the fourth day now. Like we're almost home. Um, so yeah, I, I keep running and I'm having a great time. And then you get to the very bottom and then you start going up again. And when I start going up, um, I start lifting my leg, um, as I'm going up and I, that's where I start feeling a pain in my leg. And it was a pain that was like radiating. Um, and it was a pain that was very, very sharp. Um, so that to me was very alarming, but, but I decided not to panic. I just kept going up and I, I thought to myself like, oh, maybe it'll just go away. I don't really know what this is. So I make it up to Champelac. I sit down in the aid station, and now I'm told that Katie is like took a while at the last aid station. So um, I decide to also take a time, some time there to kind of like make sure that the pain really leaves my body. You know, I feel, I, I don't know why I was thinking that, but I was thinking that like if I sit down, eat a little, like maybe it'll give the time for my pain to kind of just leave. So I take the time I eat and then I take off again um, and on the flat it wasn't so bad but then we started going downhill and then um, that's when I knew that like something was really really up and um, I was just like oh, this is it this is not just like a niggle that's gonna go away um, and the more that I was running the more that it was it was hurting me um, going downhill and so the next time I saw someone that I knew, I said, like, hey, can, can I just make sure that I get to, to ask the physio at the next day station, like, what might be going on? Um, and then I, I I make it up the next hill. But at the top of the next hill is where Katie caught on to me. Um, and we, again, we exchange a few words, which is really funny. Um, she shows up and I'm like, hey, you're feeling better. Because, like, last time she had thrown up, you know, and she was, like, really white. 
Um, and now she looked way better. She was smiling. She looked like in a really good mood. And, and I was happy that she was having a great race. And she said, yeah, I, I heard you talk on, on a, I don't know where she said it, but she said, I, I've heard that when you threw up at Western States, like you had a sandwich and it really helped you. So that's what I did in, at the like last <laughs> <laughs> the iron, the irony of that situation's like yeah. outrageous. I <laughs> know, but I really, I really like that she said that. Like we laughed about it for a little while, and then she said, "I said, I, I said something along the lines of like she was doing great and like keep going because at that point, like I knew for a fact that I would not be able to go downhill at that next section." Um, and she said, "You're doing great too. Like we're both doing really well. We're we're do, we're making really good time." Um, and in my head, I was like, yeah, that's the end of me making good time, though. But I didn't say anything because I didn't want her to like. Um, and so she goes down the next hill and I just am nowhere near able to catch up or follow. I think she took 10 minutes on me on that descent um, when I got into Tria. Um, yeah, that- it, w- it was so you took a little bit longer there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in a huge amount of pain. Yeah, and- because... <clears throat> she had come in maybe like you said maybe 10 minutes ahead but then i think the separation was 15 by the time you were out of the aid station yeah which, yeah that aid station felt like an eternity for me watching you just grimace and yeah. try to stretch but it didn't seem to be doing anything yeah it was helping a little honestly when i left Tria, i felt better um but and then the next uphill, I felt it, like it was okay. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna be able to make it at least. Um, but then the next downhill is where it was the absolute worst for me. Like making it to Valarsin, I was not able to run a, like a single step of that downhill. It was so bad, and I was just, I was having the worst time. It was just like it's, it's as if like my leg had completely seized up and. And it was really, really painful. And I just wanted to carry it down. Like it was just, it, that was really, really bad. And when I got to Valorcine, like I could, I, I couldn't even run the flat, the flat parking lot section. Um, I had to like, I had to like walk that section with my poles. So <laughs> um, then, then I started getting really worried that third place was going to catch up to me. Um, and, and, and that was a pretty stressful aid station for sure. Uh, yeah, that was so your your brother um, Frank was was saying like oh she's uh I just got a message she's a kilometer out and I swear it was like ten maybe fifteen minutes later and I was just like oh boy like if this pace continues she will be lucky to get top ten very yeah. lucky because that was the longest kilometer probably of your life as well but we were <laughs> yeah, both I mean- like oh my gosh, like this, you just went from smiling, winning the biggest race in the world to like almost not being able to hike. Yeah. No, I don't know why it was so bad during that downhill, but it really, really was. I think that the uphill like really killed it. And then on the way down, I was just like completely surviving and and it wasn't going really well for me. (laughs) Um, It was so painful. And then and then when I got to the aid station, I like sat down and, and that really helped me. Like, I think it really helped like kind of like relieve the pain. I stretched it. Um, I also calmed down, like and my whole team was there and they were all really nice to me. And they were all saying like, they were telling me that um, I had enough time and that if, if I was just going to walk it in, 
that I was going to keep my second place. And that somehow like really, really reassured me. And I was like, okay, like all I have to do is walk it in and I'm going to keep my second place. Um, so I take off the aid station. I, I go they walking. Weren't, they weren't I'm, telling the truth, by the way. They, I know they weren't. But <laughs> I, I was doing the it. math and it was like, nope, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But <clears throat> I didn't know that. I was just like, really? And I was just like, okay, I'll just keep walking. So I get out, I start walking, um, I make good progress, but like that next section was definitely a runnable section and I walked the entire thing. Like I was just not able to do anything. Like running was really painful. I make it to Col des Montes, which is like the right before the last big hill, which is Taitova. And then and and then my team, they leave me there and they say, they tell me like, okay, Marianne, keep this pace, keep walking and you're gonna make it second to the finish line. So I'm like, okay, it sounds good. See you guys. See you at the finish line. I take off. And then apparently Caitlin comes into the next aid station and she's like 25 minutes behind me or something. And, and, and what's going through your head there? And I mean, don't let me forget to ask you about the amount of watermelon that you consumed at Valorcine. Like you were, <laughs> I mean, in Zach Miller mode there. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed watermelon. Like I don't know, I had a lot of watermelon this race. Like I feel like it was like I don't know, reassuring to me somehow. It was filling me up and it was hydrating and I don't know, I had a lot of watermelon. It was great. Um but no, so I make it to I make it to Taitova. I take off and I go up and then and then like not only is is it hurting me going downhill and on the flats, but it starts hurting me going uphill like pretty bad, like very very bad. Um and so I keep my I keep making my way and I'm I'm and the more that I'm going forward the more that I'm stressing that I'm going to get caught by third place like I'm always looking behind and I'm in my head I'm like I don't even know why I'm doing this because if Caitlin catches me at this point there's no way that I can like <laughs> I can try to keep up you know so at some point I'm just like okay I'm just going to do my race and and see what happens and so I I I keep moving forward and eventually I turn a corner and I see two of my crew members running up towards me, like they they were just making their way up there, and they run up towards me, and they say they're they're they they're yelling at me that I need to run because if I don't run, I'm not gonna keep my second place. Um, and so I immediately like start running as if like my life depends on it, but I'm like I can't really control my body. My left leg is going everywhere. Every single step is so incredibly painful. Um, and I'm just running, 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 running. I make it to the top of La Flégère. And we're like trying to determine how far away Caitlin is from me. And they keep telling me that she's 25 minutes behind. And so they say like, if I, if I don't run the last downhill, she's going to catch up to me. <laughs> so, okay, I'm catching on finally. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay. So I, I start running and I'm running this last downhill, which is like a very it's it's pretty steep, it's pretty technical. Um, I don't have any control whatsoever, and I'm just like nervous as I can be that Caitlin is catching up to me. But remind, like she's 25 minutes behind, and so in retrospect, I don't know why I was stressing out so much because as long as I was running, like it would have been really really difficult for her to catch. 25 minutes in that last downhill but I was running as if she was coming in <laughs> she was coming in at me you know like within seconds and so I kept looking behind um and every like I I I ran with fear all the way to 
the city and even in the city i i like saw one of my friends on the side of the line and i asked him like how far is number three <laughs> <laughs> but at that point like i don't even know why i was stressing that much but it was just really funny um that was the worst communication ever of all times between you- two between two humans <laughs> between I- you you like just I mean, the amount of pain, stress, sleep deprivation, and everything taking place. Mm-hmm. And I think you you might have said something in French, and like he didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and so you're like sprinting through the streets as as best you can. Um, yeah. And you keep looking behind you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not wanting to get dropped like right into the finish line. Um. I was at the finish line watching exactly what you're talking about on the live, like kind of the jumbotron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like you—you you looked like you were the sloppiest trail runner ever, <laughs> and no one, no one knew. Like I, I was watching your ankle, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Between your hip, your busted ankle that always like fails you. Like it was just unbelievable to see you actually making good progress like shockingly good progress towards the finish line yeah yeah it's it's it was really interesting because i could tell that i was really really limping um and i don't know but at the same time i was i had such a mix of emotions because i was in so much pain i was in so much fear but i was also so happy to be there so (laughs) it was it was a very very weird combination um but i i I don't know it it was just so fun like the finish line is crazy like running through chamonix was was definitely something i'll forever remember (laughs) i mean what what was it like going down the final street into the finish line with people going nuts i think they might even played music at that point and then you know the the finish line i got to hear more about that yeah so the finish line it was just yeah so there's people everywhere and they're all yelling your name and they all because they all i mean i know that the announcer tells says my name so they all know who i was but it was very interesting to have like these thousands and thousands of people to yell my name and then and then every once in a while, I would like see someone that I that I knew or recognized, and that would bring my like enthusiasm level enthusiasm level to a such higher level. I was just like, I was so happy to be out there. I was so happy to be running, but yet I was in so much pain, and I was still very worried that someone was catching on to me. But then I started like relaxing because I was like, okay, if there's someone behind me, I feel like some someone at least will warn me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's crazy how big. Um, trail running is in Europe and how big uh, the the finish line is at UTMB and, and that's definitely something that like was mind-blowing to me and that I'm so glad that I got to experience and you know when people ask me like what brought you know what made it that you finished or why didn't you stop or anything like that and you know the finish line is is what I was going for and and I'm so glad that I got there and it it, it was it was like nothing other. I, I think you inspired a lot of people um, it, it, maybe it is because you lined up on the front line with the guys, like you weren't intimidated. It helped having your friend right there, but I yeah. think you might've inspired a lot of the community and I'm just blown away. You know, like before your Western States, there were a few people that asked like what film project I was doing and they didn't know your last name. They might've heard <laughs> of you. 
And then by the end of this, the streets of Chamonix are shouting your name by the thousands. It's like, (laughs) it's really beautiful. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I I agree. I I'm pretty happy with how this uh, this season turned out, and and I would do it again, you know, regardless of the little the little nicks and knacks that I got along the way, and and I understand that you know a, a a torn muscle isn't something or tore muscle isn't something to to take lightly, but um, I'll try to make it better for next year, and 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 I'm still happy Please. that I crossed the finish line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's try to improve things, okay? Like none of this yeah. third, second place stuff. Um, so in all honesty, I mean, we talked after the race and tell me a little bit more about the disappointment because it's, it's okay to be disappointed. Um, and it's okay to have an unbelievable race yet still feel some sense of like disappointment. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the day after the race, I think I had a lot of lot of emotions um, within me about you know how it went down and and how disappointed I was that the injury had happened to me and and kind of like I wish that it didn't happen because I was feeling so good and I think that'll happen when you're you know I, I had such a good high like during the race I was so happy when I when I went through La Folie and I was going through La Champelac and I was feeling great um and I think that when when something is like taken away from you like that from you so quickly um without me being able to do anything about it like I think that that made me very vulnerable to the emotion of disappointment um but now I'm a few days removed and and to be honest like I I think I think there is something to be said about my story and 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 I'm grateful that it is mine and 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 I plan to come back to UTMB and I plan to give it a second shot and and if if I, if I am able to get a better position than I did this year then I that and that will be so much more worth it to me than it, than it was the first time around and I, that's just how I want I want to to see just to look at it um but it is true that the day after the race I was kind of like in the in in between where I wasn't really sure how I was feeling about my position and what had happened to me and 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 all of that yeah it was it was just kind of interesting I mean it's sort of like life yeah like all smiles until that acute event happens and and then it's trying to get through it trying to trying to restart and and get through those lows so yeah exactly (laughs) i mean at the finish line they asked you if you do western states and utmb in the same year again are are, have thoughts changed at all there or do you think you'll still try to do this and i'm still trying to come up with a name for what you just did Um, yeah, I think that I think that I do want to do it again. I think that there's things that I can improve in in both races and and um I enjoyed doing both races and I'm glad that I was able to take part of of uh, of uh, both races and in and a certain part of me is also like uh it's such an opportunity to be able to compete at Western States and UTMB and 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 it's definitely not something that I take for granted and I want to use that opportunity and and go out and and have a great time in the process but also um, respect my body so I'm gonna take maybe like a few a few weeks a few months to kind of see how my body is reacting to the to the double if I, if I, if I can call it that and then and then maybe reassess uh, when next year comes around but I would like to, to to do it again and and see what I can what I can do I think it's an unbelievable challenge and I don't think people fully comprehend uh, what it is to 
podium, a top three position at both races, like at an elite level. It's just, I, I can't comprehend it. Um, I, yeah. don't, I don't think most people can, honestly. <laughs> I don't, uh, you know. I, I don't think I comprehend it just yet either. So <laughs> we're, all on this, we're all on the same page. <laughs> I mean, what was the key to your recovery between these events in retrospect? Was there was it the injury, ironically, that maybe was the the key part of your recovery efforts? Or, I mean, was uh, it your diet? Was it what? What's the secret to being able to do back to back, very difficult hundreds in their own regards, <clears throat> and be able to recover between those events? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the secret here for me was. I really did like a kind of a, a time where um, I wasn't thinking about running at all. Like I, I, uh, I when I left Western States, I, I went to a friend's house um, and and someone who doesn't run at all, and and I really did like a two weeks yeah, where I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm not talking about running. Like running isn't part of anything, and and I'm just enjoying life. You know, like catching up with them, some friends, and and making sure that I that I that I fill my my heart and brain with other things that are non-running related so I think that that really helped um I also spent a lot of times with my family after western states which was very very enjoyable um so I do think that that probably sped up my recovery and then when I started feeling better and that, and, and that's the key word right it was all about how I was feeling um and when I started feeling better and I started wanting to to, to take part in like some community runs around Montreal or anything like that like I started running again um and then I built up my mileage and built up my elevation gain um, but I always, always, always listen to my body and trying to see like how it reacts. So um, a lot of people ask me like, do do I have a coach? Do I follow a training plan? And and to me, it's all about like making sure that I'm listening to how my body is reacting and how I'm feeling. And so there was there was a few weeks there where like I I I, I did a lot, and then I realized that I think it was too much, and then I did a little less, um, and then uh, and that brought me all the way to Chamonix where I was able to spend the full month before um, in the, the, in the, in the Alps so that I could prepare specifically for, for UTMB. Um, and then again, there, it was just about like trying to make sure that I do enough, but I don't, that I'm listening to my body in the process. And eventually like when it was time for me to taper, like I knew exactly when it was because like I showed up on that last run, I was feeling tired. I was feeling like exhausted. And I was like, okay, this is it for me. Like this is my last run. And then I'm tapering all the way to, to, uh, to UTMB. And, and that's actually the day that I fell and, and busted my, my knee. So <laughs> yeah, good um, figure. Oh. Yeah. Um, Usually how that goes. That, yeah. That's called a hard taper, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what, since the race, the both races are, are finished. I mean, what has your brother said to you? Um, he was very like just full of emotion, full of just amazement. And I think he almost experienced the entire event, um, in, in a similar manner as you, oddly, yeah. like he went through pain, uh, he went through excitement, he went through nervousness, like, yeah, but what's he said to you since you finished UTMB? Um, I think it's really interesting because, um, there's a fine line between, there's a fine line between like fascination, but also like 
like is it is it good for you to be pushing your body so much like and and I'm not I'm not saying that that's what he told me but I'm just saying that like just in general I do think that you know it is it is some it is somehow somewhat difficult to see your little sister like I was in a lot a lot a lot of pain and and my brother unfortunately was re receiving the front of that um because I was coming into the A station now and I had not been talking about my pain for the past like two hours, but yet I was in, in so much pain. So I got into the aid station and I was just like throwing everything on him. Um, and it was just like, and it wasn't like I was complaining. I was just telling him like, I'm in so much pain. Like this is really hard. So it, it was, it was very emotionally involved, involved for him. And um, I'm so thankful that he was there because I don't think that I would be, I would have been as comfortable to express, express those sentiments with anyone else. Um, and, and I think that that's really, that's really important when you have a crew member is that you're very, very comfortable telling them how you're feeling and what you're going through, because it is important to express those things. Um, so my brother and his wife, who's my, my best friend, um, they were both doing that for me and, and that really helps me. Um, but after the race, I think that, you know, for, for my brother, it, it's all about like him saying things like I've never seen anyone like wanting something so much than than you like you you just you know you have one goal and you just get to the finish line and and um and 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 that to him you can tell that is very uh is very motivating and that's what I love like um I think that in life we all have uh we all have goals and we all have um different objectives and my brother um who is a tremendous athlete but he's also a very intellectual person has a lot of goals in different areas in his life and I can tell that by me completing my goal of doing well at UTMB getting second at UTMB like it lights the fire in him for for him to do other stuff and that's what makes me the most happy it's not about how he feels about my performance but it's more about like what my performing what my performance brings out in him um and and I think that that's what's really nice about trail running is I feel like like you can't watch the entirety of UTMB and close your TV and not want to go running. Like I, I, I can't imagine that someone like watches that whole thing and says like, okay, at the end of this race, I want to, I, like, I don't want to go running. I just want to eat chips and, 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 and uh, watch TV, you know, like, I think that it, it, it's a very inspiring sport and there's so many good stories and there's so many good things that you can retain from that. And so um, I know that was a very long answer to your question, but. Um, no, it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, and just real briefly, like, it, do you think you and your brother are now closer after going through both of these giant events together? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, it's, I think it's hard to be closer than we are because <laughs> yeah. we're in, we're incredibly close, and I think that that's exactly why I picked him as my crew. But um, like, it, he knows exactly what I felt. He he felt what I felt before I could say anything. Um, and he had a great time in the process too. Like it was very enjoyable for them. Um, like I said, like him and my, and my sister-in-law, they were both very involved. It's just that we only, we were only allowed one person at UTMB. Um, but they both felt everything that I felt throughout the entire race. And to be able to share that with someone and someone that you love so much, um, it, it means a lot because, uh, because you're not alone, you know, you're not alone accomplishing things and, and, and ultra running is so much of a team sport that, that uh the, the crew is there specifically for that reason um and and also like i think that tr ultra ultra trail running 
it, it's hard sometimes to explain to people like what's it about. Um, but if you come out and see it, and if you come out and crew for someone, like you're definitely going to to know like what it is or the reasons why your 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 friend or your family or your spouse is is doing ultra running. So um, I think that that's the beauty of it, and I'm so glad that I that, that I I'm I am able to share those moments with my family because my parents were also out there, and I had a lot of friends on the course too. So that that the, those moments were all very meaningful. I mean, I just have a few more questions. I really appreciate all your time. Yeah, um, sure. So, do you do you think your brother going into Western states question question this dream of yours, and then by the end of this, he is maybe putting together like the single minded pursuit here that you had, like you can actually get after your dreams and accomplish them. Do you think? That might be going through his head a little bit here, because honestly, what? after Western what? States, you saying that you're going after UTMB, I was like, oh, okay, Marianne, like, I don't know if that's, if that's realistic, like even, even in my head, um, and I don't believe in limits. I was just like, is that even like possible? Is that feasible? <laughs> <laughs> I got to um, fly out and see this in person. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I think that I think it shows that it demonstrates that like if you put your heart to something and you want to do something, then there's a way for you to succeed and there's a way for you to do it. And I do think that it, it, it demonstrated that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he saw it firsthand at both Western States and UTMB because they were they were not easy races for me. Um, I had quite some difficulties at both of those. So I think it's nice to it's not only a representation of like, yeah, if you set your heart to some goals, like you're, you're going to succeed, but also like how much do you want to succeed? Because, um, that's really what it comes down to in ultra running is that like when the going gets tough, like, are you ready to keep fighting? And, and, and if not, then that's where you're, you're probably not going to achieve your highest possible goals because you really want, you need to want it. And, and, and I think that that's what I, what I displayed um, at UTMB is that I want, I wanted to cross the finish line and, and that's why I got there. Do you think you're a hundred miler? I asked you <laughs> before States, after States, um, I'm seeing a pretty good progression with your hundreds. I mean, if you draw a line, um, you know, like I'm forecasting that you might have a good next race for your hundred. Um, how do you like the distance? You just yeah, had I, one of the most painful experiences I've ever seen at a hundred. <laughs> no, I really like the distance. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I love how, um, I love how it, it's not stressful in a certain way because you have so much time to, to make up, you know, if, if you have a bad first 30 K for example, or for, uh, I'm, I can talk in miles, but if you have a first, like, a bad first 25 miles and you have so much more time to 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 win it over interesting yeah yeah interesting i I love how it's like it's not a stressful event it's just like you just have to run your race do your race and and whatever happens happens and that's what i love about it too it's like it's not so much about what other people are doing but it's about what you're doing and how you're feeling and how you're managing your own pain and yeah, you can pay attention to what other people are doing, but at the end, it's about how you're feeling because if you're paying attention to other people, eventually um, you're going to feel a certain way and you're not going to be able to react to the rest of the field. So um, I like I like 100 miles. I'll, I'll keep doing them for sure. Do you think you'll, you'll finally figure it out for this distance and not be throwing up at some point and not 
being in massive pain at some point, like injury wise, like, do you think you have more to learn about the distance or, I mean, I know it sounds crazy because you just did two of the best performances basically possible for the distance, but like, are you actually going to have a good race? (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I think so, but I think, I think that going into a hundred miles, expecting a perfect race is just a recipe for failure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I can keep working, I can keep striving for perfection, but I, I don't think I'll ever achieve it. Um, I think that in a hundred mile race, you're, you're bound to have some, some negative t- or, you know, so a time where you're not feeling well or something's going on. If it's not my stuff, because this time around, I wasn't throwing up. I was going to, I uh, had to go okay. to the bathroom. So it's like different issues every single time. And you just have to learn how to deal with them. And it's, it, for me, it's all about troubleshooting. You know, you have an issue. How can you fix the issue? How can you make sure that the issue is gone? And, and so that, so that's what I'm thinking. But um, I, I do agree that it wasn't perfect. And I have some things that I can improve and, and try to make it bet more perfect for the next time around. But um, we'll have to see. I'm just trying to throw out questions that are a little, little like pushing the envelope because yeah, I, I know you well enough at this point. I can get away with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you actually like the faster, like Western States type race or do you like the climbing type races more? Are you, are you starting to like enjoy one over the other or do you like the combination of the two? Like, are you starting? Cause now you can compare the two. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's a good question. I uh, it's hard for me to tell uh, what I preferred. I think I think I'm gonna go with Western States just because I prefer the heat um, and I prefer the downhills. Uh, but in all honesty, I had a I had a great time at UTMB, and even though going uphill isn't my strong suit, um, and even though I didn't have a lot of time to kind of prepare for the race, I think that I was able to to get better at it fairly quickly, and 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 I had a great time, like using the poles, like. Um, it's not something that I'm necessarily used to, but I enjoyed it and, and, um, it, it, it was a nice race for sure. All right. Last question. You've, you've been generous with your time as always. What's your big takeaway? What's your big takeaway? You just took third at Western States, second at UTMB. Like in retrospect, do you have one takeaway that keeps coming into your head? Like, you know, I mean, are you? Are you satisfied? I mean, what's what's like the one kind of takeaway from the crazy year you just had? Uh, I mean, it's super cheesy, but I, I think that it's really important to keep believing and keep believing in yourself. Um, I think that, uh, if this, if this year has proven anything to me, it's the possibility, you know, the possibilities are endless as long as like, it's clear for you that that's what you want to do. Um, I did have a lot of people saying that, you know, the, the Western States UTMB double is, is very hard and it's probably not a good idea. And, um, and, and if I had spent a lot of time kind of like focusing on, 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 on what those people were saying, um, I probably would not have gone on to, to get second at UTMB. Um, and that was also, that's also the case, like for the specific races, like during Western States, there was a huge amount of time where I wasn't feeling well, but I kept believing that I, that I, that I could still be, I could still do well. Um, and the same goes with UTMB, you know, is that like when I started hurting and then I started having a lot of pain, I kept believing that I could reach the finish line. Um, and, and eventually I did. So, 
Uh, I think that that's my biggest takeaway. And I think that it's really important for people to do things for the right reasons. Um, and when I say right reasons, it's it has to be your own. It, ha- it you know, it can be an external uh, external motivation. Like you really have to be doing this because you enjoy it. You want to do it. And um, I think that as long as people do that, then they're going to have success. And, and that's what I encourage people to do. I, I love it. I believe in your friends as well. Um, excuse, excuse me? I said believe in your friends as well. Yeah. Um, I oddly have uh, believed in you since this was just a sort of a dream. And uh, it's amazing that you executed. Uh, it sounds like you have a hungry cat back there. So I don't want to take yeah. any more of your time. But <laughs> um, congrats. Congratulations. We got a lot of film work to do. Um, we'll yeah. we'll keep the listener, the viewer, uh, in the loop there. But I, I'm just super excited that you nailed it, and I think your best years are still ahead of you. So, thank you for all your time. And where can the listener follow you on social? You got a growing social media now. <laughs> Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram. I actually changed my Instagram handle so for it to be more easy to find me. I'm actually now just Marianne Hogan um, under underscore. Um, and I also created an athletes page on Facebook so people can go find me there. I'm Marianne Hogan. Um, and I put most of my actually I put everything on Strava. So you can find follow me on Strava as well. Uh, Marianne Hogan. So I'm pretty easy to find on all three platforms, and um, I I will be uh, posting on those quite regularly. So don't be shy to to come come ask me a question if you have some. Congrats again. Thank you. That was episode two sixteen. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you as always to Marianne for her time. Big thank you to Tannery Outdoors, Exoskin and all you Patreon supporters. Really appreciate you guys. Most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week.